All right, it's pretty awesome. All right, uh, so um, as we as we look at it today, we're passing through the Psalms, um, one hundred Psalm, and it's thankful people, thankful people. Now, John Wesley, some of y'all may be familiar with John Wesley. Um, he was about twenty-one years of age when he went to Oxford University. He came from a Christian home and. He was gifted with a keen mind and, and good looks, and yet in those days he was a bit snobbish and sarcastic, according to, to, to history. I don't know if that's completely true. I don't know the guy. But, uh, but one night, however, something happened that set in motion a change in Wesley's heart. While speaking with a porter, he discovered that the poor fellow had only one coat and lived in such impoverished, impoverished conditions that he didn't even have a bed. Yet he was an unusually happy person. He was filled with gratitude to God uh, all the time. Uh, and Wesley, being immature, uh, thoughtlessly joked about the man's misfortunes. He said, and what else do you thank God for? He said with a touch of sarcasm. The porter smiled and in a spirit of meekness replied with joy, I thank him that he has given me a life and being, a heart to love him, and above all, a constant desire to serve him, said that porter. Deeply moved, Wesley recognized that this man knew the true meaning, the meaning of true thankfulness. So it's kind of a, you know, funny how little people, quote-unquote little people in the world, can teach you, you know, in life. Obviously, the porter knew a little something about true thankfulness. He, he could have been the co-writer of the psalm today that we're going to look at. And, and I know I had to throw this in here because I know that Mr. Tommy's going to love it, but thinking about Thanksgiving, uh, you know, do you know, God, do you all know how generals show their gratitude to their troops? Yeah, they, they give tanks. Um, okay. Come on. You missed that, don't you? Trey misses my jokes in class. Come on, they give tanks. I've got one of them. You got, huh? Tank. Tank. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you got one? Okay. Um, and and, uh, and y'all work with us. Miss Rhonda's, you know, we're all kind of uh, doing the best we can today. But if Miss Rhonda's will hit it, that's the, you can see some of it. <laughs> of the screen but here's the central statement today you know i like to have a central statement according to this psalm thankful people will sing serve step in a certain way and see several things about god i'm keeping my baptist card today all right mr lord all right so um and i want to read it um and it's going to be on the screen in the king in the king james version because it just sounds as beautiful, like really, really beautiful and poetic uh, in, in that version. And I'm probably going to go back to the CSB for the other little details and, and other scripture that we have. But I want to read it first in the King James Version. It will be on the screen. And we've already read it earlier today. Sally did. Thank you. Um, it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Amen? Amen. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. And notice the two mentions of thanksgiving in, in there. Did you, did you get it? Thanks. Uh, it says Thanksgiving and thankful right there in the, kind of in the middle of it. Uh, and so that's kind of how I developed off of that was the idea of thankful people. And so the first point is, uh, is thankful people will sing and shout joyfully. All right. Sing and shout joyfully. So if you're taking notes, that will be point number one. Right from the start, from the, start the psalmist tells us that someone who, who has a thankful heart has no problems lifting up the Lord in song and praise. 
just like you guys today and the problems that we had with 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 the uh, with the technical difficulties. Y'all had no problem singing to the Lord. Amen. And so, uh, and look right there, verses 1 and 2. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to the Lord, serve the Lord with gladness, and come before Him with joyful stones. See, it's not a chore for the person with a thankful heart uh, to do this. It's not a chore. Because uh, they understand that they are nothing without God anyway. As I've asked this before, it's kind of a fun, one of, one of our family's favorite movies, the movie Elf. Has anybody ever seen the movie Elf? Okay, some of y'all know where I'm going on this. Okay, but there's a point where uh, where the elf is in the in the store. And he says, "I'm in the store and I'm singing." It's like you know, it's like you stop singing. You know, it's like yes, we, yes, he does. I can't remember how does he say that. So the other guy tells him not to sing, or Santa doesn't sing. He says, "Yes, he does." And you know, that kind of and but he says, "I'm in the store and I'm singing." You know, they didn't care. Um, in a way, it kind of reminded me of uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. We were riding, we went with my dad and his wife uh, and Debbie to um, we went to somewhere I think Lake Park the uh, restaurant there. I can't remember the name of it. I was a fishnet. Thank you. All right. And uh, you ever been to fishnet? It's good, by the way. Anyway, and so we're, we're coming back and, and uh, we had to go through Belleville. And so daddy was checking all his, uh, all his um, signs, you know, for, because he's running for county commissioner. And, and we get towards the end of our time together and, and, and we're, he's putting up another sign. And then I think Caitlin might, may have suggested it. Caitlin said, Hey, uh, we ought to, we ought to just like uh, get out the truck and just dance right here. So that's what we did, right, girls? We just we played, we turned up some '60s or '50s music, and we we just danced for uh, for a few moments out outside. And then later we saw this. I don't know, did y'all hear? We saw the people later who was like right down the road. So did y'all hear anything going on? You know that day? I said no, okay, but we didn't care. We were just having just having a moment of of just uh, a shouting and, and joyful time there. See, like the elf, he didn't care. How about us? Do we do we care too much what others think about our worship to God? Because I feel like this personal experience that more of us do than want to than want to admit it. I just feel that way. Um, I've always and some you know it's kind of like if I, I'm at especially at youth at youth camp, uh, which I miss being a youth pastor going to camp. Um, or you know, like being with FCA uh, with, when Trey was there, and this, the music. I, I like that praise and worship music, and I always it was it was so much more quote, like kind of freeing or whatever whenever it was with the youth group because it's like I didn't care, you know. And then I get, go back to church that Sunday, and I maybe I didn't raise my hand, you know, then because I didn't know what people were going to think about me. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like maybe that is some, there is something there, and, and I'm just and, and remember this preached to me before it preached to you, and, and I feel like you know I don't have any problem rooting for the Gators whenever they score a touchdown and going crazy. You know, I have some funny stories about you know when the when the Gators won a basketball game um, at the, at the buzzer and Sally was in the in the uh, in the bed and and she was had her arm under the you know uh, her hands and under the covers and I was so excited I'm here oh oh never mind can't give me a high five here give me a headbutt. You know, <laughs> she was like, "What?" Well, so I was so excited, but um, but yeah, there's something there. I think about why are we not as excited um, in in the house of God sometimes? Because it even tells us how we are to shout and sing. Does it? Do you see how? What's the word there? Joyfully, joyfully. Uh, the the Christian Standard Bible says triumphantly. I, I really I like that. I like that translation because I, I mean, through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can sing triumphantly because he's already won amen he's already won 
He has triumphed over the sin and the grave. He has won the victory already. Praise the Lord. You, uh, there's a guy named Eugene Monroe Bartlett who wrote many church hymns and was considered a leader in the Southern Gospel music. He established the Hartford Music Company and uh, he served as company president of, the, uh, of that for a long time. Uh, and over the course of, of his career, he wrote more than 800 songs. 800 songs. Uh, some of his songs include Just a Little While. Everybody will be happy over there. Some of y'all, if you, if you know it, you can nod. Uh, you can't keep a good man down. And take an old, <laughs> old cold tater and wait. <laughs> but anyway, in 1939, Bartlett had a stroke that left him partially paralyzed. And after the stroke, he was left basically bedridden. Although he missed traveling and performing, Bartlett continued to study his Bible during uh, this difficult time. Although he dealt with the physical strains of his limitations, he also looked towards the eternal victory he knew was approaching. And during this difficult time, after his stroke, he wrote the words to victory in Jesus. Some of y'all may know that. I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing, how he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, Dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Amen. The words of a man who had a joyful heart and knew about shouting and singing triumphantly. I submit to you uh, today that I have seen way too many people enter church with a long face. And I'm not saying, you know, you know, you can't ever be sad as Christians, as that would be a lie, because we all have, we, we know that, that good things and bad things happen to, to everybody. But I have been to churches, and people were just like frowning. And, it's, and like, it's, I'm like, why does that look on your face? You know, and, and I saw this yesterday, and I thought this was great. I think you're going to like this. These, you know, these are some songs, some change, changing of some titles of songs. Uh, you know, because some sometimes singing hymns can be convict can be uh, convicting. So somebody changed the titles of some songs, uh, and that you can sing these without any any tinge of guilt, Mr. Tommy. Okay, I surrender some. Right? Okay. You see, that don't, that don't make you feel too bad. I can, I can surrender some. I just don't, I don't know about surrendering all. There is scattered cloudiness in my soul today. The next one, there shall be sprinkles of blessing rather than showers. Onward Christian spectators. That's a tough one. Yeah, sounds like, whew. Rather than Christian soldiers. Where he leads me, I will consider following. Right? And this is like a, you know, I'm not preaching to the choir here, but I still want to want to share these with you because I think they'll make you think about them. We're, um, oh, how I like Jesus. Just as I pretend to be. Tough ones. I love to talk about telling the story. Brethren, we have met to have a business meeting. That's kind of a funny one. Sweet minute of prayer. Said a sweet hour. Let me have my own way, Lord. Standing on the premises, and I love me. Whew, those are tough, but there, but there's some truth there. 
See, the word shout um, was the war cry, by the way. It, the Hebrew word is the same as that of the shouting of the Israelites at the capture of Jericho in Joshua 6, verse 20. And, and listen to that. It says, So the troops shouted, and the ram's horn sounded. When they heard the blast of the ram's horns, the troops gave a great shout, the wall collapsed. The troops advanced to the city, each man straight ahead, and they captured the city. Y'all remember that story? That's the same word. That's the word that's being used there when we shout triumphantly to the Lord. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like my shout's not, not more than a whisper. Charles Spurgeon said, The original word signifies a glad shout, such as loyal subjects give when their king appears among them. Our happy God should be worshipped by a happy people. A cheerful spirit is in keeping with his nature, his acts, and a gratitude which we should cherish for his mercies. Listen to some of the other uh, verses that I, that have shout joyful or shout triumphantly in them. And I'm not just going to read them. And I think Ms. Rhonda's going to do her best to keep up with me. It's okay. Y'all y'all have to show some mercy and forgiveness today. All right, some grace. Psalm 95 verse 1 says, Come, let's, jout, let's shout joyfully to the Lord. Shout triumphantly to the rock of our salvation. 98, Psalm 98 verse 4 says, Let the whole earth shout to the Lord. Be jubilant. Shout for joy and sing. Psalm 98 verse 6, With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, Shout triumphantly in the presence of the Lord our King. And Isaiah 51, verse 11, And the ransom of the Lord will return and come to Zion with singing, crowned with unending joy. Joy and gladness will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee. Whew, I sure would like joy and gladness to overtake me a little more often. That's pre- I'm just saying that preaches to me. Remember, it preaches to me first, like I said earlier. Oh, may we come into the presence of God with a song in our joyful heart and sing it to Him. According to Psalm 100, thankful people will sing, serve, step in a certain way, and see several things about God. So point number two, as we look at verse two, serve the Lord with gladness, come before Him with joyful singing. Simply serve the Lord gladly. I think this will kind of preach itself. I mean, it's pretty obvious because have you ever noticed that how some people receive orders from certain people differently than others? Like somebody tells you to do something, you may not have a problem doing it, but somebody else try to tell you to do something, you're like, I don't know about that, brother. And so it depends on who's telling you, you know. I, I remember, and I shared this story with you, story with you before, but it, I can't help but you know, maybe you haven't heard it before. But uh, I had an assistant principal a couple years ago who who came to tell me one day. Uh, she said she I just had to tell you that this student got in trouble again in another class, and I just wanted to wanted to, to uh, tell you uh, our conversation. I'm like, okay, uh, wh- what is it? She said, well, I just asked him. I said, how come you, you, you act up and misbehave in every other class with Coach Murphy's? And he says, because Coach Murphy doesn't hold any grudges. And I know he cares about me. So he, he'll do for me. And he didn't, you know, and, and I can, I'm sure Mr. Loris and, and Sally can, t- and share, and can t- tell you stories like that as well. But when you trust a person in charge, it's easier to serve them and obey them, right? Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, can't we trust our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? All the things, is, I believe He has proven trustworthy over and over again. Spurgeon said, as for the true believer in Jesus, he serves as God because he loves to serve Him. He assembles with a great congregation because it is his delight to worship the Most High. I believe he's trustworthy. A little boy came home with his parents from church one Sunday. He seemed a little depressed. So his mother asked him if something happened in Sunday school class that he would like to talk about. He told his mother, well, we were singing songs and the the teacher made us sing about a poor bear named Gladly 
that needed glasses, and I can't stop thinking about him. She said she said he was cross-eyed, and I feel really bad for him. The mother, some of y'all know where this is going, the mother couldn't understand why the teacher would teach such a song in Sunday school, so she decided to call her. To the woman's amazement, the teacher said she only taught hymns that morning. Then the teacher began laughing out loud and said to the mother, I know what Jeffrey's talking about. We learned to him gladly the cross-eyed bear. Okay, some of y'all get that later. Come on, let's pray. Okay, all right. Um, but isn't God someone we can serve gladly? Amen. Because I can tell you from experience that you know the difference from those people who want to serve and those who don't want to. You can see it. All you got to do is go to a McDonald's and then go to a Chick-fil-A. Ooh, I said it. I shouldn't have said that out loud. All right, not all of them, but... I'm not all of them, but a lot of them. A lot, a lot of them, you know, you go to a McDonald's and they act like they don't want to be there. You go to Chick-fil-A and it's like, how may I help you? And it's a pleasure to serve you. All right, uh, and, you know, I'm just saying. Do we serve God begrudgingly or is it a chore? I mean, seriously, is it a chore? I mean, if it is, do you think we'd be the only ones? We know about Israel, right? We, we, we know that. Moses was speaking to the Israelites in Deuteronomy 28, verse 47, before they crossed the Jordan, and he said this, because, because you didn't serve the Lord your God with joy and a cheerful heart, even though you had an abundance of everything. Like he, he just calls them out. You didn't serve the Lord your God at all with joy and a cheerful heart. So the psalmist makes it very clear that a person with a thankful heart will serve because he or she wants to serve gladly. J. Vernon McGee, I thought it was funny while I was reading some of his commentary, said that he wished there was some sort of happy hour for church. You know, happy hour at this bar from whatever, this time and that time. I thought that was funny. The word serve, and this is what I found to be very interesting. The word serve in Psalm 100, the Hebrew word used there can describe work or service in general or referring to honoring Yahweh in formal worship. Okay, so basically, in Hebrew, there's no distinction between servant in church or at work. That's my point from that word. There's no distinction. We serve, uh, we serve Him the same at church or on our job or playing basketball, wherever we are. All right? That same word is used there. And it reminds me of Colossians 3.17, Whatever you do in work or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through Him, whatever you do. This is a grand ambition, but one that I believe if we were really serious about as Christians, we could change the world. Amen? Because thankful people will sing, serve, step in a certain way, and see several things. So the next point is step into the house of God with thanksgiving and praise. Look at verse 4. Enter His gates. <laughs> it's real simple today, y'all. Uh, with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. What all do I need to travel to Europe? A young woman asked a travel agent. Well, basically a passport and a visa. The passport isn't a problem, but do you think they'll take MasterCard? All right, bad joke today. Miss Jan, don't even, don't even, she won't even, she's like, That's, you're doing bad today. <laughs> Seriously, though, have you, have you ever shown up somewhere only realized you didn't have the proper documents? Like, in a way, it's kind of like, um, okay, so we were in Savannah last week, and uh, you had to wear, a, you know, a, a mask pretty much everywhere you went. And my um, father-in-law was going to go buy some tennis shoes because he didn't bring any with him. So he walked down to, you know, to go get it. And it was like a mile away. And he comes back a few minutes later, like 10 minutes later. So I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, he said, oh, I forgot to bring my mask. He had to come all the way back, get his mask, and then go back because he didn't have the proper requirements to get in. So, uh, but it tells us right there how we should enter the house of God. Y'all see it? Two things. 
Thanksgiving. Anybody want to say the second one? And praise. Thanksgiving and praise. Maybe we should have like Miss Jan or, or uh, Mr. Steve or somebody stand at the door and, and ask them, are you thankful and do you have praise in your heart today? Because it's really supposed to be requirements when you come in, according to that, <laughs> according to the word, that we come in with thanksgiving and praise. And I'm not sure you can have one without the other. Maybe, but I have find it, I, I kind of have a hard time believing that because if you're truly thankful to God, it will spill over, spill over into praise. And if we're truly praising God, I guarantee one of the ways we'll praise Him is by thanking Him for all He's done for us. Amen? Psalm 95 verse 2 says, let's, let's enter His presence with thanksgiving. Let's shout triumphantly to Him the song. It's very similar to the verses we've read today already. Psalm 116 verse 17, I will offer you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. Because in this psalm, thankful people will sing, serve, stepping in a certain way, step in the house a certain way, and then see several things. So we come to this last point here. Uh, there's five parts, okay? And I think it's going to be up on the screen. There's several things that we're going to see about God, okay? Uh, we're going to see that He is God, okay? So if you can see it on the screen. That we are sheep. We're going to see that God is good. We're going to see His loving kindness, and we're going to see His faithfulness. And if we're thankful people, these are things that, that we should keep in mind. So the first one, we're going to see that He is God. Look in verse 3. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. His people are sheep of His pastures. Pastures. There are many Christians who act as if He is not God. And they try to control their own lives all the time. Look in Romans 16, verse 25 through 27. Now to Him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation about Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery kept silent for long ages, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic scriptures, according to the command of the eternal God to advance obedience of faith among all the Gentiles. Verse 27, To the only wise God through Jesus Christ, to Him be the glory forever. Amen. It's equating Jesus to God. We know that's the case anyway. Deuteronomy 4, verse 35 says, You were shown these things that you would know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides Him. There's no other. 1 Kings 18, verse 39, When all the people saw it, they fell face down. This was after Elijah defeated the prophets of Baal. I preached on that before here. I love that, I love that story. So it's after Elijah and the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. When all the people saw it, saw what happened, they fell face down and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Psalm 46, verse 10 says, Stop fighting and know that I am God, exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. I said this, I know you've said it, you've heard it before as well, but just because it's simple doesn't mean it's not true. It's very simple. You know, there's things that, somebody said this a long time ago, there's two things I know. There is a God, and I'm not Him. <laughs> All right? This is very, very simple. All right? But, phew, we, do we sure act like sometimes that's not the case. And we want to control everything in our lives and not go to the God in heaven that we know will help us. Number two, we see that we are sheep. So we see how exalted God is and how unexalted we are. And that's even a word. I made it up. I'll use my English te teaching uh, as my license to do that there, my poetic license, okay? The Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us. We are His. His people, the sheep of His pasture. See, we become sheep by being redeemed, right? In John 10 verse 14 and 15, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life. For the sheep, and and we 
we've also preached on that from, from the pul- this pulpit here about uh, you know that scripture, the I am statements of Jesus. I think there was like seven of them that we went through. I don't know about a year ago maybe, but you know sheep don't have a very good reputation, right? Pretty lowly, not very smart. Right? That's who we are. Revelation seven verse seventeen says, "For the Lamb who is at the center of the throne will shepherd them." He will guide them to spring from the waters of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Right? We may be sheep, but there is, but our, our Lord and Savior is the Lamb who died on the cross to take away the sin of the world. And then we see that God is good. Amen? Yeah, you've been at, uh, at churches who, who, will, who will chant that, right? God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Look in verse 5. For the Lord is good, and His faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. See, Boyce, the, the, uh, the scholar Boyce said, the gods of the heathen were not good. You know, the, the surrounding uh, you know, countries or whatever, they were selfish and capricious. You could never know when they might turn against you and do you harm. You know, that backdrop. Not so our God. The God of the Bible is and always has been good. We may not understand it but he, sometimes, but He's good. First Chronicles 16, verse 34. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. 25, verse 8 in, in Psalms said, The Lord is good and upright, therefore He shows sinners the way. And Jeremiah 33, verse 11 says, A sound of joy and gladness, the voice of the groom and the bride, and the voice of those saying, Give thanks to the Lord of armies, for the Lord is good. His faithful love endures forever. Nahum 1, verse 7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold. In the day of distress, He cares for those who take refuge in Him. He's good all the time. Amen. I don't know what else to say about that. I think we all know His goodness, right? We all know how good He's been to us. And goodness that we don't deserve, which is grace. We surely don't deserve it. And then the next thing that we see in, in this last point is we see His loving kindness. Look in verse 5. The New American Standard uses that word. The New American Standard Version says, For the Lord is good, His loving kindness is everlasting, and His faithfulness to all generations. King James Version says, Mercy is everlasting. The CSB says, Faithful love. The ESV says, Steadfast love. Mercy, faithful love, steadfast love. I don't know about you, but that's something that everybody in this world needs. Psalm 136, verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Forever. He loved me just as I was. Amen. That's the song, Just As I, I Am, that we sing sometimes at the end of the service. And we, I've said this again before, but for some reason I feel like I need to say it again. But, you know, we come just as we are. We can never get too clean. You know, just like my old you know, brother Bill Clayton, you know, one of my spiritual fathers. You know, he used to say that a lot. He says, you, 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 don't, you don't clean the fish before you catch them. That's not possible, is it? Now my now my nephew Brad caught a fish with his bare hands one time, which is pretty impressive, I have to admit. But caught a catfish, that's right, with his bare hands. But I, I don't think he cleaned it too. Like I don't know how he, I don't think he could do that far. He he just caught it. So and catch the fish and let and let God clean them up. Amen. You, know, you can come as you are. And then we see his faithfulness. I don't know about you, but I love when people uh, are faithful when they do what they say they're going to do. They say what they mean, they mean what they say, they do what they say they're going to do. That's a, a, a trait that we don't see a lot of these days, I feel like. Psalm 100, verse 5 in the New American Standard says, For the Lord is good, His loving kindness is everlasting, 
and his faithfulness to all generations. King James Version uses the word truth, which I like. In a world where there's more and more divorce and unfaithfulness and people that we can't trust to do what they'll say they're going to do, and in a world where, where, where people are confused about truth, the Word of God is true. Jesus is truth, right? I'm going to close with that, by the way, the way, the truth, and life. But listen to a few verses here. Psalm 119, verse 90 says, Your faithfulness is for all generations. You establish the earth and it stands firm. I mean, we can trust it, right? Gravity. I mean, if I, if I drop my phone, if I let go of this phone, it's going to hit the floor, right? I mean, I can trust it. I mean, God established it, stands firm from long ago. Psalm 86, verse 5 says, For you, Lord, are kind and ready to forgive, abounding in faithful love to all who call on you. There's, we're, we're, none of us are ever worthy of God's grace. Amen? So come as you are. He won't turn you back. And Psalm 106, verse 1 says, Hallelujah, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, His faithful love endures forever. Again, the central statement today According to the psalm, we're commanded to sing, to serve, to set foot in a certain way, and see several things about God. As we ask Miss Dolores to come come up, it's really short short today. I did good. Uh, I, I I I didn't use all the time. It come out of my time, Miss Dolores, and and I made it. Okay, I know you guys are proud of me. But as we close today, what about what about you? See the. The Bible says in John 14, 6, it's not up there, Miss uh, Rhonda, it's okay. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if we look at those three things, uh, Jesus is the way. He's the only way. He's the only way to heaven. And, and I said this before, like this again, but I want to say it again. All other religions are, are like God up on a mountain, and all the other religions are trying to climb up to God. But Christianity is not that way. Christianity is the one religion where God came down the mountain to meet us. Which is a really cool way to think about it. Every other religion, i got to do this, do this, do this to get to God. Christianity is God said, no, I'm going to send my son, I'm going to come to you. All right? I'm going to make a way for you. A way. And he's the truth. And again, there's a lot of things we don't know in, in, in the world, a lot of questions in the world, but we know Jesus is truth. Right? And His Word is truth. And Jesus is the life. And He's come that He may give life and give it abundantly. So if you don't know Him today, I encourage you to make that decision today. The altar is open. You can come and talk to me later. I want to remind you that the, the uh, offering plate is in the back. Thank you all for working with us today. Um, maybe we'll get a trash can. I think there's a trash can back there. I'm not sure. I think there might be. Uh, so you can drop your you know your little uh, communion packets there. Right? As we sing, just... Thank you.